Welcome to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. Take it away, Ryan Gray. Welcome to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0, episode 19. Guys, we're almost at 20. We're almost legal. Uh, Rocco, you can buy cigarettes. I'm sure you've been doing that for a long time. But anyways, how is it going, Rocco? What's up, buddy? Great. Hey, 19. Like the classic Steely Dan song. Uh, it's good, man. I'm excited to uh, talk some post-chamber. Yeah, okay. Well, that's electric. And Rossi, what kind of WrestleMania 19 fact are you, uh, you going to get? Blood? You should have you rose up on the camera like the bloody <laughs> Vince. And, uh, Only thing I can think of is uh, that was the WrestleMania that Limp Bizkit performed at. They did... They did a song called Crack Addict that like was never God even. Damn like... it! I fucked that up. I should have went with Crack Addict and Rocco. Let's redo it. What's not... <laughs> I'm addicted to cracking skulls. That is true. Yes. Because I'm an addict. When punk starts static. <laughs> Rocco, you brought up the chamber. Let's just start hard. Um, hard. Hard. <laughs> chamber. Hot. Chamber hot. and hard kind of kind of go hand in hand. T H O T. We're starting hot here, and we're coming out of this, and you know we. The main event. Let's just start with the main event. I figure we bring in a few no-so members and a, you know, maybe a, a guest or two outside the no-so, a little younger demo to kind of bring in the YouTube numbers and you know my personal buddy, uh, friend's buddy, and see what he thinks of it. He's back in the wrestling game, so let's get a 17-year-old's perspective on this. But um, first, let's bring in our boy Logan. Now, Logan, which let's, let's just start hard and talk Sammy Zayn. Plain simple. We'll get into the nuts and the bolts of the match. Was it the right move to have Sammy lose? What do you think, Logan? Ultimately, yes. I don't really, I, I don't agree with how they went about it. I, I would have probably done it a little differently, um, but I, I do think I do think they they needed to build to Cody and uh, Roman at WrestleMania. The moment would have been awesome. I, I I personally would have loved to have seen it, but I think ultimately business wise, I think they probably made the right decision. But I would have gone about it a different way. It's just hard, right? It's yeah. it's like the atmosphere was unbelievable. The mm. um the match was solid. It was wrestled well. It was yeah. structured well, and for the most part, a little wonky at the end, mm. but just what a moment, you know, like I would give up either survivor series or the Royal rumble just, just to flop that crowd. You know what I mean? And just to kind of jump in there and experience that, you know, they haven't had a pay-per-view in years and they were ready for Sammy. Um, long-term is he the guy to go with? I don't know, but I'm not flipping. I'm not doing a dusty finish, and I'm not flipping a 900 plus going on a thousand day reign just mm. to have a moment. Um, is Rocco? Is there any way Sammy can come out of this as a bigger star, or has he peaked? I mean, I think he is definitely a bigger star, but the, the peak is an interesting way to put it. I mean, I do think he should have won. I think that the story was there, and it should be there. Mm. You could do other things post this to get you to Mania. I mean, fuck, man, give him the title, have him win it the day before on, on Friday, have Roman win it back Friday SmackDown. Any crazy shit you could think of that sometimes you go, eh. I mean, fuck, man. Imagine the rating that would draw a Roman Sammy match, and ratings are a big thing right now. This is Sweeps Month as well, so ratings are huge. I don't know, something like that. But man, I was so. To me, it's the the story is not. It's not the the story was there, man. You had Mania to Mania from fucking Jackass to fucking the Mania main event. You 
that was what I was thinking. But then you have this crazy crowd, man. I would just pull the trigger because it was so fucking cool. It was just so cool. And like you said, though, the match was a little like uh, a little over the limit. Ninety-seven, little uh, ECW. There was a lot of shit going on at the end. You had chairs and multiple refs and dudes, Usos running there and there. But the masterfully worked. Like just mm-hmm. any match that is five minutes and not even touching, you know, those guys are just fucking there. They're never. That's the pinnacle of what they could do together in a match. Now, just to kind of the only thing that bothered me is like, all right, we had the two ref bumps, right? Why is the rough getting up? Why can't we just have another another one run in? That was the one that kind of the little detail that was like, all right, so now he's up. He should be, you know, dead. Just have him another one run down, and that kind of corrects that issue. But I, I, I liked what they did with Jay. Uh, I liked that he came in. I liked that he was very conflicted, that he was just like, nah, man, this is my first time seeing you in a month, and we're kind of in the same scenario. This is why I ultimately have beef with you you know this is ultimately why we're, we're gonna collide just the way that you do things you know what i mean so it's just like i like and then it opened but is he gonna fall in line we don't know because sammy jumped in and roman moved and spared him so that adds to that dynamic but it wasn't about the, the sammy part of it rossi would you agree with this was the moment was the realization of coming to the show and making it there and being presented as that big star and uh, he leveled up regardless of the loss. You know, I could have took it, but I'm glad they didn't just because of for the Roman of it all. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts here is that Sammy was kind of, you were kind of in a dangerous spot with him that Cody is so over everywhere. Um, like how show business is up when Roman's not even on it. Um, Cody's doing numbers like merch is, is through the roof. I think he's the right guy to come out of Mania with the title. And yeah, with, with Sammy and uh, Cody been a really cool match. Yeah. But I mean, it'll feel bigger if Cody's the one that dethrones Roman. Right. Um, and, and my thought with, with Zane is that he could very easily have current turned into just modern times. He could have turned into Kofi Kingston after that title run the crowd really wasn't fully behind Kofi once the chase was over. And the same thing happened with Big E too. The The chase was the prize. And then once the chase is over, it's like they're moving on to something else. And that's where I really liked how they have kept the KO stuff as a cliffhanger. And they didn't just bring them together, have them hug in, in Montreal, because we all kind of thought that was what was going to happen, right? And even during the end of the show, when KO was at the end of the ramp and he kept looking back at him, I had it in the back of my head, oh, he's going to go run in the ring and they're going to hug and everything's going to be kumbaya now. But KO's not doing that. And KO continues to be like the realest dude in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mad at the fact that he spurned him for Jay. He's mad at the fact that, you know, he wants his help, but Jay should be the one that helps him. Um, I really think that they've done a really good job with that KO piece. And to your point, Ryan, the J piece too. By having Cody, I'm sorry, by having Sammy um, Spear Jay, that's obviously going to lead to them getting split up in there, whatever they were talking about last week, right? So that's going to lead to that tag match. And ultimately, I think that's going to, if you build that up, it's kind of what I said two weeks ago. If you build up this tag match the right way, the energy is going to be there for that tag match, the main event, one of the nights of the show. So I think overall big picture of Mania, the best thing that you can do is get that tag match to the level that it can main event a Saturday 
to coincide with Cody and Reigns main eventing on Sunday. Yeah. Logan, are you good with us not getting to a conclusion and just getting small, minute storyline details? Like, all right, what's Jay doing? A, a, a snail's progression there. I, and I do, I want to add this real t- quick, you know, kind of like what you said, Rossi. I like that Kevin Owens was true to himself and Sammy didn't really necessarily save him in the match. Sammy saved him at the Royal Rumble when he was about to get destroyed in front of his family. So when Sammy was about to get destroyed in front of his family, that's when Kevin Owens decided to come out. So there's still that inner beef between the two where they need to, you know, they need to figure that out before they can come together, like Rossi said. So I'm glad that they didn't give us to that, you know, that night at the chamber and they they kind of came with us at a snail pace because overall it's all about WrestleMania and post WrestleMania for all of that too. So Logan, before before you jump out of here, buddy, is there anything you want to add to the Sammy of it all? Yeah, I, I like that they're kind of playing out the KO and Sammy thing because like they, they've been at odds this whole time when Sammy was in the bloodline. So it's good to see that uh, KO is going to have to or he's going to have to build that trust back with KO a little bit. I might have would have pulled the trigger with the whole J thing at Elimination Chamber. I don't want it to like play out too much longer. I want it to, you know have its way and, you know, just Jay turn or do whatever he's going to do um, and set up the tag match that we're obviously going to get, um, you know, best case scenario. I would have loved to have seen maybe Sammy win one title, Cody win the other, but obviously that's probably not going to happen at this point. Um, but that, that tag match could be great. Uh, if it's built correctly, like kind of like Rossi said, it, it could be a big time match. Um, it definitely could main event one of the, one of the shows. And I th- think it could be a real, real banger um, and could be remembered uh, for years to come. There, there right. really does need to be a lot of stuff between Sammy and Owens though. Cause like he's coming yeah. to Owens now, like dude, like, you fucking turned on your friend. You fucked over all the other guys. Like, he's coming to Owens because there's no one else. He fucking pissed off every other good guy in the roster. So now he's coming for help, and he expects it. And it's like, no, dude, like, you, yeah. like, like, why would I help you? You were my best friend, and you, like, rejected me, and you went to those guys. Now those guys don't want you, so you're coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. And it, this is a major flaw to me in some of the Sammy stuff is that he's been wavering. Like, Owens has been the same dude always. Reigns was the same dude. Sammy's the, Sammy was the guy that controlled, caused chaos in everyone's fucking lives because mm. he wanted to be with the bloodline. He fucked up Jay's life. He fucked up Jimmy's life. He fucked up Roman shit. Put Heyman in a neck brace and like, and pissed and fucked up Owens. Like he really has a lot of explaining yeah. to do, and that would be the best part of this story. Would be to have him actually say, like he said, "I'm sorry," real quick, but like for what? You're saying sorry because you want this dude to get your back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like when you get caught by your parents and you apologize so you don't get punished. Like, th- I think there needs to be a lot of stuff there that there's a lot of room for that to happen. So, yeah, definitely don't want them to just come out and start hugging and knocking over shit in my house if they're going to do that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so don't do that either. But, yeah, they need to. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that needs to happen before. Exactly. They, if I was Owens before, I'd be like, yeah, dude, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad we didn't get it all in one night and we're going to kind of get it there. But, Logan, thanks, buddy. All right, buddy. We'll have you back sooner rather than later, hopefully. Thank you, guys. Later, dude. Stop knocking shit over at my house. (laughs) All right. We got another. We got a heavy hitter. First time in the no-sell. First time ever on a podcast or YouTube. My former football player, Mikey. Junior in high school, that is. Mikey Gregoire. What's up, buddy? What's going on? All right. So... Mikey, this is Rocco, and this is Rossi, my two good friends. We are here talking some wrestling. 
the subject of it all is Sami Zayn. Why don't you just give us a little thoughts? Where are you at? You know, we'll ask you some questions afterwards, but Sami Zayn, should he have beaten Roman Reigns Saturday night at the Elimination Chamber? So I don't think so. No. I don't know if Sammy, I think the big thing coming out of Elimination Chamber is like the storyline was great, but I think the big thing is that ending with KO and Sammy. I think that's really the the tag team match. I like I've always had my head wrapped around that ever since Sammy was like the honorary member of the bloodline. I never could see it just being Sammy being taking the being the one taking down Roman Reigns. I always felt like, you know, Sammy's a big star, but I feel like there was gonna be something bigger than Sammy. But I think it's always been like KO and Sammy, like they always say, their careers have been wrapped around each other for 20 years now. So now I just think it's just going to be Sammy and KO, but I don't think Sammy was the guy to take down Roman. Okay. Now, uh, my next question for you is, is Cody Rhodes that guy? Let's kind of jump into the Cody of it all. Is Cody the guy to do it? At that at WrestleMania, it's going to be around 965 50 days around, we'll call it about that. Do you risk it all on Sammy? Do you, I mean, on, on Cody, do you risk all of that equity and all of that on Cody Rhodes? You don't, do you not know yet? I'll give you a wild card out. What do you think, buddy? I'd say I don't know yet because it all depends on how well they build up the story to Roman and Cody for me. Um, okay. What Paul Heyman and, and Roman or Paul Heyman and Cody, their promos have been awesome the past two weeks. And I just think if they can build it up to a, like, a, sure, Cody's the prodigal son. He's the one to come back and everything. But, you know, he, like, he came in. My only thing is, like, he came in at 30 at Royal Rumble, and he was kind of given it. it. Like, it was so very obvious. So it all depends, like, if they want to really hand the company over to Cody and how well they can build up the story to Roman and Cody and how well they can work together. But I think it definitely – he has the potential to take down Roman for sure. All right. So if you if your interest level in Sammy and KO were, like, at a 10, where are you at with Sammy or with – sorry. If your interest level for Roman and Sammy was a 10, where are you at for Roman and Cody right now out of 10? Right now, I'm at like a, a, a seven, just because they haven't met, they haven't really met each other yet. That's the thing is like you've had Paul and Cody cut these awesome segments together, but you haven't seen Roman and Cody. Those are the two guys. Cody's not facing Paul Heyman; he's facing Roman Reigns. Okay. So, I want to see those two together and see what they can do in a promo or in a segment where they meet face to face. And if I'm really intrigued by it, then my number could definitely climb up the ladder for sure. Okay. All right, Mikey. Who's your current favorite wrestler? Kevin Owens. Okay. How long has he been your favorite nice. wrestler? Since fifth grade. Ever since he did the uh, open challenge, John Cena open, U.S. Open Challenge. Okay. All right. Either one of you guys got a question for the big dog over here? Yeah. What's your – what's the – like the – oldest memory you have as a wrestling fan like like i don't know how old you would would have been to remember that but what's like the wrestling moment that you go back and and that's like the moment that really got you hooked on it uh maybe the hbk undertaker streak versus career match i think that was like my biggest 
like memorable thing from my childhood growing up. So that's 2010. You were born in what? Oh, five. So you were five, you're like six, five or six years old right there. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool that you can like, you're not old enough to, you're, you're young enough to remember that. All right, Rocco, you got anything for the youth? What do you got for the youth? That's funny because WrestleMania one, I was around the same age. So it kind of shows you that, but, <laughs> but that shows you that like a big thing, like WrestleMania one, like it's gonna, it hooked me then. It's been a long ass time since then. Uh, I'll have one question is uh, who's your, who's the most annoying wrestler and why is it Seth Rollins? That's oh. <laughs> it for that one. But uh, um, no, man. I've been with the the guys. He loves Seth Rollins. I do love Rollins. Uh, I don't. He's not, in my opinion, he's not a wrestler. But I really get annoyed by Heyman. Oh, really, really get annoyed by Heyman sometimes. I mean, that's that's his job, right? Not right. He's his job, but hey, he really gets under my skin sometimes. All right, Mikey. In five years, who's going to be the top guy in the company? Theory, Austin Theory. All day, A Town down. A Town down. Okay. I respect that. And who's going to beat Roman? I don't know. If it's not Cody, I really couldn't name it. Okay. I don't. I. I mean, because I don't like all the talks of the Rock. Like, you can't have a part timer beat a championship reign of that caliber in that long. So I don't. I don't. I couldn't name anyone else. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I think you have some homework to do, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, we'll get you back on here. Good job, pal. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, man. You, All right. Later, man. Yeah. All right. One last heavy hitter here. Let's add him to the stream. Scott Shiflet, our boy. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. It's been a minute. Nice to see yeah. everyone's beautiful face. Thank you. What's up, man? I haven't seen yours in about, like, what, three weeks? Ah, it's been too long already. <laughs> now, now, real he carries, quick, a, he carries uh, a picture of you in his wallet. He told me we're I, I did. Yeah. Now, real quick, Scott, how do you feel about that Virginia L last night to BC? Oh, we shouldn't have <laughs> went. We shouldn't have went to get the Catholics on Ash Wednesday. That's all I'll say. Oh, oh, okay. That's a good way. That's a good spin zone right there. Good, good spin zone on that one. So, you know, it's kind of all. That, hey, stay with us. We shouldn't have get the Huskies Ash Wednesday. The Huskies. Yeah. Huskies. See, it's it's no, just no, absurd. No yeah, that's just what it is. It's just what Lions it is. Den, baby. You walked into the Lions Den. But 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 also I'll take a loss in February and not a loss in March. So I'm perfectly okay with that. Good shit. All right, Chef. Where are you at with all this? Was it the right move to put Sammy? You've kind of sat back. We we, we got into the Sammy of it with Logan. We got we got a perspective from a, a junior in high school, and then we got a, got into the Cody of it all. Where are you at right now? Let's put a ball on this with you. Uh, first off, hearing that makes me feel extremely old when he's hey, like, that's yeah. like interesting to get out here and see what the young guys are thinking. No, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that young let the younger generation like wrestling and it's not just us, us old people. So um I think they made the right decision. It was gonna be rough, but you know, a lot of people you don't want to cheapen the nine hundred days with mm -hmm. him winning it, you know, on day nine oh one and him went losing it like three weeks from now. Because you still want the Cody versus Roman thing. This isn't like WrestleMania 30 where Batista won and the whole crowd was chanting for for Brian. Like yeah. you know, Cody has his fans too. Where I remember when Batista won, they were booing him when he was pointing at the sign. I think the only one that was cheering was Cowboy. So <laughs> it you can't have that. And it would it'd be different if like you know back when 
you know, I, I'm an edge fan, but he has like 15 reigns when he would win. And then three weeks later, or, you know, a month later, he would lose. Then win it back six days later when they were hot, you know, hot shot in the titles, hot playing hot potato with it. So it's okay with me with him losing. It sucks. You know, I do agree with Logan. I wish they would have done the Jay thing at the pay-per-view have maybe have Jay inadvertently cost it. Like maybe he was going to hit Roman with the chair, Roman ducks, you know, they don't do like the chair to the face anymore, but you know, do something like Sammy gets like Roman pulls him and he like takes a shot in the back or something. That's how Roman wins. But you know, with Rocco saying, um, that, you know, we're, we're getting like, it'll probably be like, you know, we're six weeks out. We'll probably get like a week with three weeks left. That's when, you know, the Jay and Sammy thing will blow up. And then, like, Sammy will be like, I need my brother. I need my best friend. That's when he gets Owens. I'm glad they didn't do it Monday, even though the fan of me would have loved it. You know, you still, like you said, you still got six weeks. And I- I'm okay with it. And Triple H seems to be more of, like, an NWA storyteller where it's bit by bit increments and not, like, old school NWA, not the new stuff, but um, bit by bit increments. And that's what we're going for here. Yeah, I like the slow build personally. Uh, we got plenty of time, and I think this is going to be a like a beautiful video at the end of it all to kind of just go back and be like, "Wow, they did this. They laid the put, you know, they laid Easter eggs here and everything laid out perfectly." And you know, I don't want to rush it. I want this to be the best story of the last 10, 15 years, whatever, like it has the potential to be. So I'm not mad of it of it all. Uh, I like the snail pace, like I mentioned earlier. But do, do you guys think it's time for or not time, but Roman having feuds without the title since I mean I think we get too caught up on the 900 that whatever he's at 900 now I'm not really that worried about when he would lose it I mean used to always be more you know Flair had 17 reigns or whatever you know like having a lot of reigns used to be a thing but like Cody having sorry uh, Roman having feuds without the title now a feud with Jay could be pretty goddamn epic because it's you know like a callback so it would be interesting and I um so that even if he did lose to Sammy and and him having a feud with Jay, I know it's not the same thing, but I don't know. I think it's interesting to think of a way that he can have big epic feuds without the title being a major thing. Well, um, I think in the future there, but I think to kind of solidify where we're at for a period in time, to solidify Triple H as the new era, to close Vince's era, I think a thousand is important. I think uh, Pedro after that is important just to kind of solidify yourself as the fourth most longest reigning WWE champion or whatever champion of all time. Um, I think that would put a, a real ass, not an asterisk, a bow on this era. And I think that's something that triple H will want to do. I think that's something that Vince will want to do as a legacy thing, as they shot kind of share this bloodline storyline. And I think it's big for Roman, you know, to kind of come into in for future fuck ups, right? Cause Roman was a fuck up for the most part of the last four or five years and to kind of just have him come around and have this epic reign and really solidify himself and solidify this era. I think the numbers are important to it, but once he's past that, I do agree that whoever he, whoever dethrones him needs to be someone they actually want to go with someone they want to, because that's like a, that is a poker chip to make someone in the future. In my opinion, when does he hit a thousand? June. So then it would have to be SummerSlam, probably. And then Pedro, I think, is September. Like, I, I like the idea of that because I, I think the story, like, kind of what I was saying with Sammy, like, the, the money's in the chase. And I think Cody can really make money after he wins the title. 
but to him the entire story is the chase right like mm-hmm. and he keeps saying finish the story like Roman winning at Mania like doesn't kill Cody. It just makes people more empathetic with him, right? Also, how he gets there too, and don't forget they can once they split these belts up, they can get re- say they split them up at WrestleMania. They can get real cute and add 365 days to the end of Roman's title reign and being like he was a nut champion for 900 plus 365. If they really want to get cute and fudge the numbers, because it's two separate world championships that he's holding at the same time. So if they want to get cute, but I'd rather have a thousand just kind of as one as a whole. And kind of to Rocco's point too, like Roman, I think is at the point now that he doesn't need the title. Right. So even if he loses like this for this reign, yeah, he does. But once he loses it, like he doesn't have to keep chasing the title again. He can have the biggest feud in the show and, you know, in the mania landscape, he can main event one night versus, you know, whoever's the title holder has the other night. So it is ultimately going to be, that's my biggest fear is that even Cody as the champion is still always going to be second fiddle to Roman, but that's kind of how it always was with Cena too. Right. So it just nature of the beast. Yeah. So it'll it'll open up a lot of storytelling if he's not the champ too. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's always people he's, he's been so dominant. There's always the question. It's just, I don't see Sammy beating Roman. I don't see Sammy as a world champion. We've gotten so used to that him and Brock being like these super fucking killers where the credibility of a lot of dudes being main event guys has been kind of rough and they've been building up dudes lately, but I think it'll really open up storytelling possibilities once he doesn't have the title anymore. Um, do you think Cody's going to get booed at mania? No, not at all. No, no, (laughs) Sammy Chance he during the main 20, event? He might get 20% booed. But it, I don't... Like, I guys, mean, they had to have Owens come out just to make sure the crowd didn't lose their fucking minds at the end of that pay-per-view. No, that, that's was, how, that was for the story, man. That was yeah, but it depends, like, people too. are still gonna... There's still a bunch of people who think he should not have lost, so I think there's gonna be pockets of people that are gonna hold it against Cody. No, there, much. Is, there is. It's just how many... How much of those people can they win over, and how? what percentage is it really? You know what I mean? And it depends on the story. Like, like you know, if the if the tag story gets hot, then people are going to have that feel-good moment with Sammy the night before. Um, and ultimately, you know, that should kind of hold some of that at bay. So I, I think Cody's in a hot enough spot now that I'm not too worried about that. Like, with a, with a stadium of that size, I don't think it would be noticeable enough. So let's go around the horn. Cody, yes or no, right now. Shiflet. Yes. Rossi. I'd wait. I'd have him lose this and keep the story rolling. Rocco, yeah, I agree. I'm not. I'm not all in on Cody right now. But but I will say, uh, sorry to cut you off, Ryan. I, going back to Rocco's point, I can tell the Usos apart now. Like that's how much the story has given me. Like yeah. I know which one's Jimmy and I know which one's Jay. And more importantly, you know their personalities. Yes, from each other. Not just the one has long hair, one has short hair. You know yeah. that these distinct people and how they would act in situations. Yeah. And they made, like, Jay Uso as a main event dude is a really cool idea to happen, which a lot of people probably didn't think would have happened two years ago. So I, I was one of them. I, yeah. I admit, I was like, the hell, what the hell are we doing? And then I was, like, so sucked in with both of their matches. Yeah, so and if, just the way, sorry, go ahead, Brian. So if Sammy is at, you know, Sammy was flirting with, a, like, a 10, but did he have substance to be a 10, for example, right? Did he have enough meat on the bones to withstand being a 10? Even though his reactions at a ten, his but it, you know it was Montreal. His build to that moment in that match was a ten. Does he have enough substance as a character right now to be a ten and win that belt? 
I don't think so. Let's call it Jay Uso. When they started calling him main event Jay Uso, a fucking month before that, he's doing karaoke shows with fucking Naomi and Natty and Lacey Evans in the pandemic. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't even in the WrestleMania match. His brother Jimmy was, and then he tore his knee and he was off TV forever. And he wasn't, he was literally doing nothing until Roman came back and injected him into this story. And then it just snowballed Paul Heyman or storyline wise, Paul Heyman gave him the main event Jay Uso name, you know, just because he was doing Roman's bidding when Roman was away, establishing the head of the table, establishing the role he is, is I only come around when it's important type of thing. So Jay was very pivotal there, but Jay was like a fucking two or a three on that pecking order of a 10. So by taking your time now, let's go around the horn. Where is Jay Uso right now out of 10? Like just, I explained it. Sammy was flirted with that 10, 10, but he didn't have the substance to be a 10. Where do you think Jay Uso is right now? Rossi? I'd probably put him at like a seven because he gets the, he gets natural crowd reactions. That was my um, yeah, and I don't think that I can really go higher than that yet because the single history isn't really there. Um, it was with Roman, which Roman elevates everybody, right? Um, so that's where I mean Roman as a storyteller in a match is as good as they can come, and especially when it's something like Jay, like they always had electric matches. But you know he's a great tag wrestler. Um, Kofi Kingston was a great tag wrestler, right? Um, and then eventually there was a little bit more there. So it's it's it can get there for sure. I, I'm not ruling out Jay as being that guy. I just don't think that, you know, I think keeping the Usos as a unit long term is still the power move, right? Scott, where's he at? Seven ish? Eight ish? No, uh, I'm, I'm going to go nine. Um, okay. just, so he's close. Yeah, he's close because, like, we saw, I mean, me and you were there at the Rumble when he walked out of the ring. People were losing their minds with it, and with all the built-in story, like people have equity in him now. They like, like I said, I know the difference between them. So, like, I, we care about them. And when he ran in the ring, you know, Sunday, I mean Saturday, we all Saturday Elimination Chamber, we all knew this was going to happen. We've all watched wrestling long enough that something was going to happen, but we still cared. And it's like, it, you know, when WWE, when wrestling in general is good, it hits and it hits all the moments. And that's where he's at right now. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. I hope they capitalize on it. I think we get actually Jay and Roman at, at SummerSlam. Okay. Now, Rocco, do you think that Jay Uso has 10 potential? And where would you put him right here? Yeah, I'm I'm up there with you guys with you guys, and I think I'd rather them take a risk on a nine or a ten or whatever you're saying than the force feed Roman for fucking five years and give us that shit. So to all me, right, we're playing a fucking game. Just relax. I get I'm it. We saying. get it. We get it. We're playing a game. So what I'm saying is, Jay started. Jay started at a two. He's worked his way up to let's call it an eight. Like our median score is around an eight. So. Sammy reached a 10, but I don't think he had enough substance yet at that moment to withstand the 10. Sammy started with the jackass stuff around like a five, very entertaining mid-card guy. They built him up and they created this moment, right? So let Sammy work through the KO shit. Let him go through the Uso feud. And maybe he's the guy that we revisit. But regardless, I think that the guy that should beat Roman should be at a 10 and have enough meat on the bones to withstand a 10. And if it could be Sammy, it could be Jay. 
they have a chance to go either way and they're and they're doing kind of both paths in a way you know simultaneously at the same time in which everyone gets heated up faster or stays hot or has more substance i think there's a chance to go with him and then you got solo who's lurking who's like a five who came in at a four and then he's getting that slow build too. And you got Jimmy, who's just always a solid six, but he always, but he'll be, he'll blow that 10 if you get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so, qu- question for you guys too. If that pay per view was not in Canada, if that pay per view was in, I don't know, Dallas, Texas, yep. do you think that there would have been as many people yearning for a Sammy Zayn win? Maybe now that the, the, the middle America you always talk about, Texas, California, whatever, will definitely see him as a bigger star is kind of what I'm saying, too. He's leveled up. But that's what I mean. With He didn't really have the substance to withstand that 10. But now, if but if you look at the ratings, I'd like to see his ratings patterns now. People can say that he's a ratings draw. Yes, he is because of the metrics. But then again, he's also evolved around Roman, and he's the pillar to all of that Roman and Usos and Bloodline storylines. And, you know, I'd like, is he a, is he a rating draw once he goes feuds with Mad Cat Mouse after this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Hey, watch. Hey, Mad, no. Mad Cat's turning heel, so that might be in the cards. <clears throat> well, it's, it's interesting because, like, with DB and Kofi, like you said before, and even, like, Array, like, having that dude come up and, like, that, that crowd favorite guy, they've always botched the fucking after part. Well, Yes, because they don't. Because he never wanted to do it. Vince never wanted to put those guys. Well, Kofi he, has he, no substance, is what I'm kind of saying. There was no substance with Kofi. Kofi was just microwaved, and he was and he was cold lasagna in the middle. Ray, that's a. I also that's how you viewed it, but I don't think that's how a giant stadium in WrestleMania seems. I also think that like, was the moment he won, and yeah. then six months. Oh, so they I could was... write a story like it's like you could write a fucking story for Brock for fucking years, like you can't write a story for Kofi to be a fucking. Champ. No I think the wrestling have a character I, story. With. I think the wrestling fan base nowadays is always waiting for the next guy to get their moment right so like you know i was in that stadium when kofi won the title and and i have never really been like a professed kofi kingston guy but that moment i was fucking cheering for him and i had a great time when he won and then like two months later when his match or matches were on i didn't really give a shit and that's not even necessarily that i don't like kofi i just felt like all right he had his moment and you know, it happened with everybody else too. Like even Dan, even Danielson, right? Well, they put him if in a feud with Kane where he's running around like yeah. a horror movie. Like that's not him. That's but if he doesn't get, if he doesn't he get hurt, hurt, like I think that it would have been a little sour, like not soured on him, but I don't Brian know. I just, had a, Brian out of the three, Brian had the best chance, but he got hurt right away. I think this is just, I think that's more of an indictment on the wrestling fan as a whole. And, like and even like look at AEW too. Like a guy like Wardlow goes and gets a title, and yeah, is the booking great? But the reactions also fall off after he gets it. It's just it's kind of the way of wrestling. Like you want to hunt down that big baby face, and there is definitely a, a subculture of group of of the of the um, fan base that wants to see them stay on top. But there's only so many people that can maintain that level of interest for a prolonged period because then there's always like, oh, they're burying this guy to get to that. It's just the internet of the world fucking everything up. So, anyways, I just I don't want the bloodline to end. I don't I think we should stay the course because they're building everything up around it. And who knows who they're feuding with next? If they're if they start to dip, then perhaps maybe we'll think about it, but I think it's still growing and we're getting closer to mania season. And 
to put a bow on this, Sammy will never have that moment again. If they pulled the trigger, you know, it would have been cool, but I understand why they didn't. You know? I mean, if he won and then Roman wins it back on like our SmackDown before Mania, it's, I don't see it being, it's not going to lessen a WrestleMania match. I don't think it would lessen a WrestleMania match. And it would get an insane rating on SmackDown, which would be huge for them in terms of like right now when this is like when all the the ad rates are being determined in February, it would be huge. And no one one would think twice about like it in a year. No one would give a fuck about it if he lost that. And it would be two huge moments instead of waiting for Mania. This whole idea of waiting for these things like wrestling really fucking boring. We're like, oh, nothing can happen until Mania. Nothing can happen until this. It just kind of is boring to me. I think it would be really cool to do something that doesn't just rely on a fucking date. It's the same idea of like having a hell in the cell every at the same time. It's like it's just not we'll agree, organic. We'll disagree to disagree because the the belt has never been more important than it is now. Yeah, you know? well, because well, there you go. I agree with myself on that one. <laughs> I choose to agree with me. That cat agrees with you too. But all right, guys, let's let's move the rest of this to uh, to the podcast. Let's say goodbye, Chef. How'd you do on you? How'd you enjoy your YouTube as we get out of here? I had a great time. Thanks for having me. As always, guys, it was nice seeing everyone for a change. I usually just uh, hear everyone's voices. So thank you. All right. Good shit. All right, guys, we'll see you on the second part after this. Later, dude. See you. All right, guys, we're back off YouTube. Um, thank you, Logan. Thank you, Scott. And thank you to Mikey Gregoire Jr. Uh, it was a blast having you guys on there. If you haven't checked that out, go back on the YouTube and just kind of just you, you hear you heard it, but you can go see us talk about it, learn our mannerisms, learn me and Rocco yelling at each other in real life. You know, it's 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 good stuff. So check out the YouTube as always. But the Elimination Chamber, let's put a bow on that, guys. Elimination Chamber, uh, let's just go. We start at the top. Let's go from you know. Let's go down from there. The U.S. title. Guys, I thought that was an incredible Elimination Chamber match. So just real quick, looking at my grades in the past year, um, my star rating chart or whatnot, that will be to the public soon. I I can uh, confidently say that soon. But anyways, um, that's for another day. But I, I just looking back and be like, wow, I'm pretty high on these Chamber matches, but I never really remember them. <laughs> but um, this one I feel is going to be memorable. Um, if you have the the dominance of Bronson Reed and booking him really well to his early elimination, and it, he doesn't feel like he's hurt in that early elimination. Uh, and then he goes on to Theory with his chicken shit stuff, and then the, the, the fun stuff with Seth and Johnny starting off the match, and then Chambers, and then Theory's out next, and then the cat and mouse with Chamber, and then that memorable spot where Johnny's got him locked and then seth comes from behind it was like ha 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 and then they phone booth fucked up and kill him and i thought that that phone booth spot was pretty cool <clears throat> priest had his nice big big star moments but the star of the match man was your boy and my boy montez ford rocco yep i wanted him to win man i had i picked him uh i picked him i felt like it was the right time to do it i thought it would have been a really interesting story to go ahead with him and montez moving forward but Coming out of the chamber, he just feels like a bigger star. What's more impressive, his chamber performance or that uh, Bianca Belair made his gear for the chamber? What's more impressive to you, Rocco? The gear was amazing. Yes. Definitely took note of that the second he came down. I didn't see that she made it until later, so very impressive. But, man, that guy just proved that everything that we've been saying about how, like, just goddamn – just a beast. Like it was insane. Like you could tell how pumped he was too, man. Like it was really cool to watch him just go crazy. And 
I'm telling you, it would have been such a cool story if they had it. If that was to get to a match at Mania, you know, that would have been such a sweet thing, you know. So I was kind of that would, it could have been the thing to make him as a singles guy. But, you know, I think it just really he just showed out, man. I was I was loving every second of that, man. Yeah, he felt like a star. Uh, who's presented as a star, and he's going to come out as a star. I mean, we alluded to earlier, like, out of 10, I'd probably put him as, like, a 6 or a 7 now with big, big upside. Rossi, what would you think of that Chamber match? And is it memorable? I, I wanted to bring up, like, the quality is always good in it. But it's not like you remember, maybe you remember the finishes, but other than that, they're all yeah. they're all kind like, of the same. Was it memorable? Like I think so. Like, last year's was memorable because, like, Brock, like, you know, F5ing theory off the top of the pod. Like, there were some crazy spots in that. Uh, but before that, you're right. I think the most memorable one, like, I remember the Shayna one in 2020 because she just squashed everybody. Um, but I remember that show more for the Gulak-Danielson singles match. Um, and 2019, I remember, just because it was, like, the culmination of, like, the kofi Bryan story, right? Um, so overall, like this was the best one that, that I think since 2019, which that 2019 one's probably the best, maybe the best or second best ever. Um, I really liked how they did things kind of unpredictably. Um, if I, you know, I'm in a couple like predictions groups and stuff. And, um, when I would, one of the things was like predict the order that people get eliminated and I'm like, well, it won't be Bronson Reed first. And that's like the first thing you think of. And then it was him. But then the way they eliminated him was, like, so smart. Like, he still looked like a monster. Like, I was I was super scared of, like, how he would get beaten, like, if he would look shitty. But he didn't. I mean, he took three fools finishers to get beat. Um, I thought Priest was excellent in this match. I thought that he did his job really well, like, being a guy that everybody knew wasn't going to win but still hit off some, some fantastic spots. Rollins, in theory, have such good chemistry together. Um, and to Montez's point, um, I really liked how they did the injury angle with him to kind of give you a reason that Logan Paul could get into the ring um, without, because yep. you're sitting there, you're watching it and you're like, wow, did Montez really get hurt? But they're like, but they're showing him. So he's not really hurt. Cause they won't, if he's bad, they won't have a focus on him, but the match just like the announcers never really felt like this was a dire thing. So, but then as soon as Logan comes in, you're like, all right, all makes fucking sense. So I really think that they wrote this out and produced this very well. And, you know, Theory looked great at the end of it because he had a good match before the, the fucking finish. But, you know, he's a heel. That's how heels are supposed to win. And it wasn't his doing, so it's not his fault. Um, I thought the execution of Logan doing the, the curb stomp on Rollins was great. And that effectively turns him full-blown heel, um, which, you know, hadn't happened at this point. But he's going to excel in that role because he's a fucking dickhead, you know. <laughs> so... I'm like that, and that should just help Rollins get over more as a babyface too, because everybody's gonna want him to win. So I thought that it all was cool, and there's really some good stories you can tell out of it. Like the only the only one that comes out of this match without really a story to tell is Priest, but he was just in the match to be a guy that could work. So um, overall, it's a great match. I mean, I I probably go four and a half with it, which is I, yeah. which is I think about what I would have put 2019. So yeah, it's a really good match. Yeah, I went four and a half on it. I thought it was the structure was great and really it, it was just fun. Rocco, what do you think was longer, the chamber match or Roman and Sammy? Ooh, I'd say Roman and Sammy. By 50 seconds. Damn. 32 minutes and 20 seconds for Sammy and then 31.30 for the chamber. Both felt like 15-minute matches. So that's a testament of how good they really were. Uh, anything want to on, you want to close on the chamber as we move on, Rocco? 
yeah, just really fun match. And uh, yeah, I would have, you know, like you said, like, like uh, <clears throat> Mike, I didn't expect Bronson Reed to go out so quick, but he looked like a monster going out. So uh, definitely cool. And uh, I, I believe I called uh, the uh, the little uh, interference by Logan Paul last week, last time we yes. talked. So. Logan Paul, biggest fan, called his biggest <laughs> spot. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rocco, do you like the presentation of Logan more as a heel? Like, did, did did it work more for you in this spot, or just still fuck that guy? I mean, kind of fuck that guy, but this makes him that's the right spot for him. So yeah, definitely. No, no, you're supposed to say fuck that guy. Right, correct. Yeah, I like him. He's cool. All right, the next match we had here as we descend is Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio that heat sinking missile in a mixed tag team match. Guys, 13 minutes and 50 seconds. I felt this was incredible. Um, there was a few spots that you can nitpick that felt like Beth or Dominic kind of fudged a little bit. That kick out by Edge was pretty bad where uh, Beth didn't save her. And then Edge was yelling at Dom or Edge was yelling at Beth when they did the top rope slip up or knock off, whatever. So Edge was definitely the general in the match, as he kind of always seems to be. But. Other than that, this match was flawless. I went three and three quarters on this one with the hiccups. Uh, I thought it was executed excellently. I think it was laid out fun. It was an awesome, awesome sprint. And uh, I want me some Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley. Despite Beth Phoenix's lack of charisma, Rhea Ripley's got all the charisma in the world to carry that aspect of lack, you know, that aspect of the match. And I just want to see two beefy women uh, smash and meet. Rocco, what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, I got a DVD to, to lend you if that's what you're looking for. Um, uh, uh, I, is it gothic? Because I'm kind of into that. <laughs> See, you just discovered a new thing about yourself once uh, Rhea Ripley's uh, fan <laughs> kicked yeah, in. The gothic in uh, Amazon's. But anyways, continue. Um, yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw the, uh, as soon as I saw Beth come out with the um, Bull Nakano tribute makeup, I was like pretty excited about that, and. You know, fuck, when you look at a Rhea Ripley, man, like, she's got that, she's got the same kind of uh, athleticism and build and as a Bull Nakano, and that sounds crazy to say about a, one of the biggest stars in Japanese wrestling history, man or a woman, and a woman who's been wrestling for like five years, but I, I think she's there, man. I I was impressed by her when she was in the uh, the May Young years ago, man. She was just such an athletic person, and yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for her, and she really, this was her match, right? I mean, obviously it was Edge. Edge did kick out, by the way, which is, just proves what a fucking veteran he is. He definitely kicked out yeah, he on did. that. So he very, have. very yeah. impressive. But yeah, I mean, goddamn, like this was Rhea. Like every time you see her, man, you're just She's like, oh. over. yeah, man. So, so good. So excited to see her post mania, whatever she does, hopefully dominance over this division, which would be really cool. Yeah, I'm curious how they if if she wins. Right. And you, you hope that she beats Charlotte and. You know, I think everyone wants her to outside of Jenny, but um, I think that I'm curious how she she lands on on SmackDown because you figure that that the the draft will be around there, and I'm curious how the Judgment Day lands on SmackDown and how they work out on SmackDown. But give me give me Rhea Ronda at SummerSlam. That just sounds awesome, you know. After yeah. Ronda getting rehabbed and everything. And one thing about with the Dom aspect, <laughs> the Dom, it's so funny. The Dominic aspect is like, you know. His role as a wrestler, you know, ain't that great, but man, I, he's got a future maybe as a personality, not necessarily a wrestler, because he, he um, he's a solid, he's an okay tag wrestler. He's, yeah, he's, he's fine, good. but like, I mean, goddamn, like the way he he's handled, like, 
you can have this character where people fucking hate you, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to pull it off with your mannerisms and stuff. And he, he's been really doing it, man. Absolutely. Rossi, how about when they, he, he edge ran him off and then 30 seconds later he came back and he's sick. He's doing the mannerisms where it's sinking in and all that stuff. And just the crowd just fucking booed the fuck out of him. What did he get? He's getting fuck you Dom chance. That's amazing. And the thing is like his heat, I feel like you're in a crowd. You're having fun telling him to go fuck himself. Oh, right? absolutely. It's yeah. not like go away heat. It's like, wow, let's, let's have fun with this guy. Right. It's like, it's like Vicky uh, commissioner, right? When they yeah. Were... It's like, it's annoying that like he's on TV as much, but it became cool. You know, so um, I I think that they've done brilliant shit with Dom the last couple of months. And and this match just continues this edge judgment day run with having good pay-per-view matches when you probably don't expect them to happen. Um, I really like this match. If that fucked up Beth um, break pin breakup didn't happen, then this is like into the fours, mid fours for me. I, I had such a good time watching this. And when I sat down to watch it, I. I went, I went out on Saturday night, so I really wasn't able to watch the show live. Um, I did see the Roman match live in the tail end of the chamber at a bar um, without, like, audio on. So I went back and watched it again the next day. But when I got to – this was the last match I watched. I um, went back and watched the chamber, and then I started the show from the beginning. So this is the last match I watched, and I was had no expectations. I was about to watch it. And I'm watching it, and I'm, like, fucking on the edge of my seat as this match is going on. I've liked this feud, um, I think, you know, and I was bashing the shit out of it, like, back when Judgment Day lost at uh, SummerSlam, um, but ultimately, they've done such a good job putting this together. Rhea losing here didn't matter. I am not a Beth Phoenix fan at all, but I thought, you know, except for the one screw-up, which can happen to anything, timing's a tough thing when you're off for as much as she is, Um I thought that they put a really good match together and I'm not surprised to see Adam Pierce produce this because he typically produces killer pay-per-view matches. Um, and how about that shatter machine? Do you think that that is um, foreshadowing something or is that just that a show awesome. to their friends? Yeah, I think uh, a little bit of a mix of both. Hopefully uh, give me uh, the revival, the revival back in the WWE all day, any day, you know? So um, yeah, you know, Dak, or is it Dash? Da- or da- oh, now we're mixing up their old names. So uh, WWE, he's Dash. Dash. he's Dak. All right, so I did <laughs> Confusing, of course. So Dak is the one that helped Edge get back in the ring as like a personal guy that could live close to him in North Carolina could just go over there and bump with him when Beth wasn't feeling up for it or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm sure that was a, a tribute to the boys over there. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's good shit right there. Scott Wilder. How about that? Huh. That's gonna be. I don't know if I can call him those guys, that again. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, great, you know, great stuff there, and kudos to them. Uh, Rocco Lashley, Lesnar, four and a half minutes DQ. Uh, I just thought it was an electric four and a half minute. It had had some Goldberg Brock WrestleMania vibes going on there, and then you kind of got the fuck you finish and explains why it was second on the card. Well, someone, it's a five man card. You know, it's a five match card. So it has to be somewhere. But I thought this was this was layered well, the card structure. But, um, yeah, little fuckery there. Um, I guess that it's not the end of the feud, but it's the end for now, perhaps, where we uh, we get a Lashley almost pivot, or as our good friend John D'Amato would say, oh, miss. And then uh, maybe perhaps Lashley with the Hurt Business versus Bray and 
Howdy and whatever they got going on. That's a little foreshadowing. What WWE's foreshadowing. So we can jump in just to kind of all of that, really. Let's kind of hit all of that here. Rossi, let's start with you. What do you think of that? Um, when Bray said that he was coming for the winner of Lashley and Brock, I had to rewind it and make sure that that's what he said because it just seems so out of left field. Um, for him to insert himself in that situation. Um, and ultimately, like, all right, I was kind of like, hey, let's not do Bray and Brock. That sounds terrible. Brock being haunted by Uncle Howdy. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and then when Omos and Brock happened or as became like something that was teased, I was instantly like, oh, maybe Bray's not that bad. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, I kind of think I want to see Omos and Brock. Just for the ridiculousness of it, and here's the deal: you you get a mania sure. mid you get a mania mid card this year, and there's like I don't know, just throwing random names out there, not even necessarily saying it happens, but there's like a fucking um, Johnny Gargano Bronson Reed match. Are you more excited to watch that? Or are you more excited to watch Almost versus um, Brock Lesnar? Are they paying Brock by the minute? Is that why we might get this match? <laughs> But I mean, he doesn't work <laughs> long matches, anyways, right? Like his long, like a long match to him is like eight minutes. So you, he hits that F five, you know, he's gonna look good. And, and here's the deal: you're in a spot where Brock needs to get a win at WrestleMania. Um, so you know, do Lashley with Bray and keep. But th- what's weird is if they do the Hurt business and almost is going after. He's got MVP with him. Is he gonna be in the Hurt business, or will the Hurt business be MVP's like SmackDown project against Bray? And then almost will be his raw project. That's what's kind of weird. Hopefully we don't get Brock teaming with um, Uncle Howdy and Bray. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. But overall, um, as far as the Brock. Yeah. As far as this match went, like for the four minutes they were in the ring, it was awesome. The finish sucked. But then Brock going nuts and fucking up a referee again yeah. when he wasn't supposed to. Like, uh, give me more of that. So. Brock had to be second biggest pop of the night behind Sammy. That that fucking crowd, that roof fucking was like, dude, Brock's a fucking star, man. Even at the Rumble, he was over huge. Um, are we going to, would this rule or would this be kind of like a, a miss? Well, it's hard to pitch because I don't know, necessarily know if I want it. Uh, Bray and Howdy, if Howdy was like not Bo Dallas and someone a little stronger, say, versus Lashley and Brock. Has, then, has Brock ever had a tag match since he's come back in his post-2005? Has he even been on, like, a Survivor Series team? Like, I don't... I cannot no, Survivor Series has always faced a midget. Um, no, yeah. Oh, I mean, he's... Because he's always been in, like, the singles shit, like... Right, I mean... He I hasn't had, like, a TV match. Heyman was never... Heyman was never linked in with anybody. Plenty of triple threats, but not really... Yeah, Brock's never really had a friend. Right. I did think about that, too, because, like, even when they announced it, like, is this going to be a three-way with Bray? Honestly, um, it would be kind of cool. It's better than almost. It's better than Lashley versus Bray and Brock versus Omos. If they went three-way day, three way, and then, like, monster ball style. And then yeah, they, that could work. That, um, WrestleMania or SummerSlam 2017 vibes there. You know what I mean? Like, What if it's a four-way with Omos? Not bad. I'd rather just substitute Bro- Strowman for almost there. But imagine a stare down of almost and Uncle Howdy. No, you're here. You gotta be here for that. No, I don't want to mention that. I, 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 I think like he's gonna kill almost before they get to Mania, 
and he's still going to fight Lashley at Mania. I don't know. Yeah, well, well, that's a good. That's true. That, that you know, you get the edge. Rocco, you're you're dying on us again. All right, you get the edge, and you get the Finn Balor Hell in a Cell uh, rumors, right? It's but the but the build for Hell in the Cell has been Lashley and and Brock. There's never been a, a conclusive finish, right? So I don't know. We'll see about that. But anyways, uh, we'll see. Uh, I think uh, Oma Miss would be a would be a huge miss. I'm not ready to accept it yet, Rossi. I'm hoping it, I'm leaving that 10% chance that it's a red heron out there and that we maybe get that match earlier on like a raw or something to pop a rating or or whatnot and then it leads to a three-way or it leads to Lashley and Brock. I'm not sure. So uh we'll see about that. Last match we got here is for the Raw number one contendership for the Raw Women's Championship with Asuka, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez faced off in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Asuka won it. I think it was easily the, the best choice. I like how they booked Liv. Carmella looked like the biggest star, the biggest star she's looked in a long time, if not ever, really, um, just like importance-wise. Uh, Natalia was good with her yellow hat or her pink hat. Uh, Cross was fun with her maroon pants. And Raquel looked like a star and a future star that just wasn't ready for the moment. So I think the structure and the build in this match was good. The work rate was fun. I went three and a half, and I thought it was just just very good. You know, it was um, it's kind of hard for these women to go out there and have the banger that the men do in the chamber. But um, I think they went out there and had some gruesome spots within their little structure. Rocco, what'd you think of this match? You had fun with it? I'm sure you did. Yeah, I thought it was a blast. Same, I'd say around the same rating for you. And uh, you got the big live bump. She's always good at one of those. And, you know, the, the right person won and the person we thought. But like you said, Carmella really was the one that came out looking the best to me, if you ask. Like, she yeah. really seems ready for a nice, cool post-mania, like, you know, give her fucking a nice title uh, uh, feud. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think her character work is focused, which is good. And uh, I'm definitely intrigued of uh, kind of wish they go with her. Next, I think ultimately she's a tag girl, but I wouldn't mind her just pairing up with like a fresh tag and having a real tag team instead of like a mismatch with Naomi, a mismatch with, you know, fill in the blank that she has in the past. So um, like the, Zelina, her, the, the Zelina one was good, but their characters didn't exactly yeah, mesh up. I put I cool put idea. her I put her in a tag with Piper. See, I oh. would do, uh, we can get to that in a little bit. Well, actually, let's get into that now. So. Nikki Cross, let's just mesh in what happened to with her post-Raw while we're here. Nikki Cross says she has no friends, pretty much, or she misses her friends. That's why she's stalking Candace. So, either her friend is going to be Piper Niven, or her friend is going to be Piper Niven and Sanity, or just Sanity. Uh, her husband, Damo, and Eric Young. So, uh, Rocco, are, are you for, here for that? Yeah, I kind of dug Sanity when they were in NXT. Isn't the other dude still, like, wasn't he at a NXT uh, UK guy as well after? Yeah, uh, he was released, though. Yeah. But I don't know if you, they can always bring him back, I'm sure. Yeah, I thought that they, you know, they had zero on SmackDown once they got brought up to SmackDown. So, I mean, fuck, give it a shot, you know? It's, you know, give them a shot. If they don't get over, then whatever. But I think they, they, I think they have a chance to be some kind of cool thing. And Nikki needs... She needs something else besides her just being crazy. I feel like it's a little much sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like if she's got some other dudes around her, it's not as uh, glaring. Yeah. So, Rocco, were you in the chat where I said that Nikki Cross is a hell of a lay 
and Nikki Ash is a terrible lay. I don't remember <laughs> reading that, but it makes sense to me. Does that okay? I'm glad that's what I was gonna say. That makes sense to you, right? Does that make sense to you, Rocco? Rossi? What was? I'm sorry, I missed that. My my brain was out out there. I said that Nikki Cross is probably a great lay, and Nikki Ash is a terrible lay. <laughs> Did you agree? Would you agree? No, I mean. The there's this you can do like some superhero fetish bullshit. You can get shit can get weird. Yeah, okay. Maybe her superpowers could kind of get you to a place where you need to go. I mean, I could see her like Nikki Cross is definitely fucking standing outside your bedroom the next day though. Oof, I don't know. I don't need that in my life. I don't need no. that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but man, it's here's the thing, Nikki Cross is you're not fucking for any more than five minutes. I don't care who you are. That she's getting it out of you quick i think yeah, i i think there's a character between the the butterfly face and this that she could really excel in kind of like what she used to do before she was like when she was on in the indies like it's just like a like a strong like kind of like you know like you're saying like you're describing like that should just be her character like i, I think there needs to be some middle ground like i don't know i i I'm a little tired of the crazy eyes of uh, Nikki it's Cross. Just, it needs to evolve, and uh, yeah. it's either into a tag with Niven. Because don't remember, they used to flirt with each other back in the day. Like, are you ready to change? No, are you ready to change? Are you ready to get serious? So just make them like fucking killers, right? Just yeah. two bruisers. No one's crazy. They're just both like dominant chicks who run the who take over the division for a while. Well, what about perfect. Nikki's what crazy? It's okay if it's with someone else. It's just she can't be crazy on an island. Yeah, she needs a straight man. You know, you can't. Yeah. You know, you need someone to bounce the crazy off of. I thought, see, so do you think there's any way they don't just do him or, like, her and Candace as a tag team? Like, Candace, like, empathize with her. Give me so, a Candace. That's perfect. It should be, yeah. It's almost work. like, a, yeah, and that's almost like a, a Alexa, Nikki kind of rehash. Right? It's so weird thing. that, like, Indy was so, Indy was the one in the way that they obviously, her and Siri were the ones that they were trying to get over by using Gargano and Candace. But now we're talking about how Gargano and Candice need Indy to get over on the main roster. Isn't that kind of weird how that works? Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. All right, guys. Well, uh, oh, real quick, let me let me just throw something out there. Um, I'll give give credit where it's due, Rocco. <laughs> Liv was awesome in this match. She was. I thought she was excellent from the beginning to end. She, I mean, she was bumping like a lunatic. She looked unbelievable. That always helps. But she was really, like, I really think she's kind of hit her stride post-title run. Um, I think she kind of gets what it takes to get over now and do what she's got to do and play her role. And ultimately, you know, as we're talking tag teams, I'd like to see her and Raquel maybe get a tag run together. I think that could work. Um, And they've kind of been teasing like, you know, having issues or stuff in the back that could lead, lead to something together as well. Um, so, you know, whatever happens, I hope Liv gets a spot on Mania this year because she deserves it. She She's she's done a lot for that company this year when they didn't really have the women around. She kind of had to take a bullet maybe when she wasn't 100% ready. And she's come out of it, you know, kicking ass. So I hope she gets, gets her due this Mania. I agree. And listen, Montreal could be a tough crowd, right? And they were behind her. A hundred percent. So if she was not over, they would definitely have let her know. Right. So I think that's a testament to her being uh, way better than she uh, is perceived way better than she would have been like a year ago. Right. And she crushes merch like I saw her report. She's like in the top 10 with merch like almost all the time now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I just hope really hope that she gets something at Mania. 
Agreed. All right, guys. So that's it for the chamber. Let's hit some news. All right, guys. So Vince McMahon. Rumor is, I think Sean Ross Sapp said that that some people in the company believe that Vince is back in like creative in some aspect. And then it was debunked saying that, you know, it was a low level person. And I know this morning that Keller on his WWE hotline said that he talked to someone that he always talks to in the WWE that has broke very reliable source to him and someone that he vows um, is just reliable said that Vince McMahon is absolutely not back in the um, company. So in a creative aspect. So, any validity to this, guys? What do you think? Personally, I think that Vince is dipping his toes a little bit around Roman and Paul and the bloodline, and maybe Vince has some say in maybe the the Roman of it all. Let's just say that. Or he suggests stuff, but ultimately it's Triple H's call. But it's kind of like one of those things like – it's like uh, – like your father with the Triple H and the Roman stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, you're renting a room from your father. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's my apartment, guys. But uh, my dad's kind of the landlord. <laughs> but other than that, I pay all the bills and everything else is mine. Uh, hopefully that's not the analogy. And But Vince's name is ultimately still in the deed kind of type of thing, right? Do you think Vince watches Raw for three hours every month? Fuck no. He watches something on the tre- – whatever he watched before on the treadmill, however they sent it to him before and cut-ups, that's probably what he did before. So I, I could see it as like, you know, Triple H calls Vince for a, something on a Thursday the, before the pay-per-view and and Vince being like, hey, uh, what's, so, what, what's going on Sunday or Saturday? And, you know, Triple H says, oh, you know, Brock and, you know, we do DQ with Brock and last year to set up so-and-so and, you know, Oscar and Theory are going to win the Chambers, um, you know, and we get Roman obviously going over Sammy. And then uh, I could see Vince being like, well, why don't you do this? And Triple H being like, yeah, I'll consider it. And then whether he does or not is whatever. But maybe Vince made a suggestion that Triple H rolled with. Um, for once, you know, or, you know, for the first time since he's been back. Um, and then that might have led the one writer that heard about that, that it came from Vince, be like, oh, he's listening to Vince again. So that that's how I see it, um, because that's what I feel like a lot of the sources that these people have are coming from a writer that's inside, right? Because who else has that sort of intel except some wrestlers? So that that's all that I think this is. Do I think that maybe like in a mania ramp up, there might be more Vince ideas like almost versus Lashley. Um, maybe that was the Vince idea and, and Triple H decided, Hey, we're going to tease it at least, but we're not actually going to do it. Um, you know, there's maybe just to say, Hey, look at the backlash I got on this Vince. There's no way I can do that. So there, there's definitely some, some stuff going on there, but I don't think it's anything like he's sitting in with Heyman and Roman during their, their meeting before the pay-per-view, you know? I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure that he did anyways. I'm sure that he was the, all right, guys, I trust you. This is where we got to go. Make it work. Kind of, you know, type of thing. But Rocco, I'm sure you think that Vince is back running at all. What do you think? <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theorist. No. Uh, I mean, once, if it's a, if it turns into Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania, then maybe, but no, I believe him and Brock, he probably has a lot more interest in a Brock. I don't know why. I just feel like Brock, you know, him, like, I don't know. So it, that seems more like, to me, more that he's giving ideas about Brock or maybe Braun or something. But I don't know. I hope not. That's about all I can say about that is I hope not. Actually, I got a quick question for you guys. Who do you think Vince McMahon's current favorite wrestler is? Rossi. 
Oh, man. Um, I bet he really likes Rollins because of the stupid dancing. I was about to say, who's dancing on this show? That's <laughs> his favorite person. Yeah. Oh, I on, bet man. he really, I say, I bet he still loves Otis, though. But oh, yeah. Down, like, deep down, Otis is the one that, that got away. Even though he's a good guy now, he's like, still, he's like, happy he's back. He's like, oh, I'm going to make. No, actually, Vince is booking Otis with the maximum male models. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's another one. I can see Vince, like, really liking maximum male models. So that's why he's at Otis with them. But I also feel like I bet Vince is like when Dexter Loomis is on TV, he's like, all right, what is, what is with this guy? This guy's a pervert. Like, doing <laughs> stuff like that. Can you imagine if they just put Vince in a broom closet with the maximum male models and he's like, no, guys, you got to act like this. you got to pose like this. And then Vince just comes to TV and does that in the broom closet with the maximum male models and a cameraman for fucking 10 minutes. It's just distracting him. It's like when Dwight is running the boat on the episode of The Office. It's like, it doesn't work, but they're just giving him this to do to occupy his time. He's a feeble old man. (laughs) That's the gimmick Triple H is playing on him. And they play it on the dot com. That, I'm gonna I, go. Let's go with that, guys. That's the that's the that's the judge, jury, and execution right there. Vince's book of the maximum male models in Otis in a Trips, is, Trips is is uh is lying to him. He's like, yeah, it's the biggest rating on the show. You got to take care of it for me. <laughs> it's that senile uncle you got kind of. Yeah, he's just gaslighting this old man, making him think he's doing something relevant. Oh, the best creative he's had in forever. <laughs> I like that scenario. All right, let's go with that. All right, Cena's back. Um. John Cena move is still a needle mover for sure. We saw that on the SmackDown to close 2022. And then we see that now they, uh, the boss or the TD garden announced that John Cena will be appearing live in two weeks at, at raw. And it came out that day. And then the next two days they sold $2,000 or excuse me, 2000 extra tickets. I'm sure they made a lot more than $2,000 on that. Rossi, I'm going probably. Uh, Junior, Gregoire Jr. and my son are definitely going to drag me to go. We'll see if his old man and Eli will want to go. Maybe maybe Crystal will want to go. Who knows? But uh, I'm sure I'll be bringing a gamut of people. Any chance you're going to pull your ass and go? Nah. Nah. Mondays, are, I'm switching my work schedule next week. Um, so it, that'll be like my second week on that schedule. So um, I'm not going to fuck around yet. But um, plus it's it's you know, conference championship week. So I need to rest up early in the week for a lot of TV watching later in the week. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I I was going to, well, it's, it's weird because it's weird because we have Boston one Monday and then the next Monday we have Providence, which is for me, 45 minutes each way. So that's kind of wild. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was probably going to go to Providence because Providence is a lot more convenient than Boston, but with Cena being there, I might do both. Those kids are going to drag me to both probably. And there'll be something cool on the Providence one. They just might not announce it until the week before. Yep. Uh, all right. So, uh, Rocco, we'll we'll let you lead with this one. It kind of seems like it's up your alley. Ariel Hawani and TK drama. I'm sure we know about it. You got the snowman drama. You got the snowman comment. Excuse me. <laughs> you get the uh, the whole journalism thing. I don't really have an uh, opinion on it. I I don't really care for either guy. I, I, I look, he like Ariel Helani a little bit better now, but, um, I just find him super cringy when it comes to wrestling talk and TK, uh, he's just out to lunch constantly and uh, he just needs to kind of grow up and get off Twitter in, in a way and run a company like a, like a grown ass man. And that's how I kind of look at it. But uh, what do you think about all that drama? Fucking nerds. I got <laughs> exactly. You put it perfect. Move on. Right. Yeah. Rocco, Rossi, anything there? 
fucking nerds. Perfect. We couldn't even sum it up any better than that. No, I mean, uh, the snowman line was fucking great. That was a great line. And there's so many, like, people, like, I've heard, like, three different people give, like, their thought of what that meant. And it was like, no, I it, there's only one thing that that means. Wait, he couldn't uh, handle the pressure, so he melted type of thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> All right, so... Now, speaking, real quick, speaking of AEW, because I will forget about this while we're, we're kind of on it, um, I did hear some rumors that... Um, New Japan was sniffing around TD Garden. All right. Now, and that's obviously the Boston venue, if you're not from the area that we were just talking about John Cena being at. But I was thinking about that. And they, the last time they were in Boston, they couldn't even sell out a Gannis Arena, which is like 7,000 people, like half the size of TD Garden. So that's got to be for pay-per-view. And then, you know, that guy, that guy, James Stewart on uh, Sports Hub, said that he had heard last time AEW was in town that um, they were looking at something at the TD Garden, like the June-July time frame. That's Forbidden what, Door, too. What if they're doing Forbidden Door in Boston? It's on the wrong coast for Japan, buddy. But um, but it's East Coast. You'll get people that'll travel. And, I mean, they'll do good in Chicago again. But I think All Out was hurt last year by that by Forbidden Door being in Chicago. So... Absolutely. I could see it being, you know, in New York, it's probably, you can't do New York because you got Arthur Ashe there as well. And I think Boston's a really good fit for it. So I'm not saying that it's happening, but I would say keep an eye out on that because with the, you know, the news of it being officially happening, I bet we get a venue for that sooner than later. Hey, and if they don't want to go to, if they can't get the garden, they can get the DCU center in Worcester and it's pretty much the same size, but maybe like a 65% of it is a little safer to run to, probably. Okada, Okada comes to Worcester. Yeah. And there's a and there's a Mercedes Monet who would be on that crowd too from that area. Perhaps too. There you go, Rocco. Boom. Yeah. That went right over our head. We're for, we're the Worcester. We're the Boston guys, and we went right <laughs> over our head. All right. So the, the the we have two more pieces of news here. The last one, first being. Uh, Cameron Grimes, uh, I think Meltzer said today in his report that internally he's on the call-up list, but they are waiting for a storyline. Uh, does he get a storyline sooner than later, or is this like a post-media thing? What do you think, Rocco? Uh, you can't. You know, dude, <laughs> you're not debuting that dude before Mania, so I think post-Mania. I'd like to see him just go to NXT for another month, because I think NXT could use a little more star power. So I'd, I think it'd be cool just to send him back down there. No one cares. Have him come back. And then, uh, you know, when you got something for him on the main roster, because he should be doing something. He's fucking good as hell, right? Yeah, he's really good. Rossi? I don't think he's coming up anytime soon. No, okay. You I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't I don't think that he's ready. I think that they're going to want maybe to test him out as a heel down there without the title. Um, so they're maybe trying to test on that now. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I don't think he's ready. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll see. Because the thing is, like, he can be ready and be on TV and, you know, win a couple squash matches every other week on Raw for six months. But if there's not a real story for him, and I don't know where he'd fit in when there's guys on that main roster that don't fit into stories right now either, I don't think that they'll bring him up. There's just too many guys on that roster that I feel like Triple H is going to really start integrating into bigger stuff post-Mania because he might have had his Mania plan in line when he signed them, um, a la Gargano, a la Bronson Reed, yada, yada. Um, 
I just don't know that they would bring him up until they 100% had a story for him, and I just don't see that in line anytime soon. So I'm starting to see what you're saying. When you when you said you're not ready, I thought you meant like he doesn't have the character or the in-ring ability or whatever. So you mean storyline and st- structure of the show. They're not ready for him. That's what you mean to be clarified? Yeah, and I mean, I don't really think he's ready either. Um, I think he could stand to do more time in NXT and have more like vet-based matches. I mean, Jinder is not the greatest wrestler, but the match was not that good. Um, I mean, I think he'll have a banger with Carmelo, but I don't think the in-ring's ready to be on Raw every week, and I also don't think that they'll have a story for him. So kind of a little bit of both. I think that he would excel anyway. He's one of the best wrestlers in the company, Cameron Grimes. But uh, and he's done the he's done the character work as a heel and as a face. I think he's showed a lot of depth. I think he, I'd be uh, very optimistic. I think by them not being ready for him means that they want to make sure that they have the right thing for him. Yeah, and he's good in ring, right? Yeah. But I, I mean, is he going to be good in ring in like a three minute raw match like against the Miz? Like I, I don't know. Of course, yeah, I'm sure he could be. Oh, but there's 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 definitely something there where he could he has some depth where they could use the current character now as either a babyface or a heel. I think that he could have come in with Corbin and like buy his contract and they could do a tag team for all like you know whatever or something. Or he could be he could fit in with the Wyatts. He has p- plenty of uh, depth to do a lot of things. I would say. Yeah, if, if he's going to be the character that he was at the end of NXT, they, they need some vignettes to explain why this uh, redneck guy has got all this money. So it, it would require a little uh, effort on their part so to really nail it because it it's a character that evolved so much when he was in NXT, so you kind of really need to explain it. You can't just have him be the same guy without you know, some cool vignettes or something like that. All right, so the last – Oh, and FYI, FYI guys, I was I, – I You were talking, was about, talking Braun about Braun Breaker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were talking about you uh, you think you dipping back into those two dollar middle lights? I just my mind was in a I, when we were talking about NXT. I, I I knew that we were talking about Cameron Grimes, but then I was just like I recently was reading about the Meltzer like piped in stuff, piped in heel heat that they're doing with Braun Breaker down there right now. Yeah, when um, you start just, talking gender, I was like, what the fuck are you talking? It's about? like uh, yeah, I'm sorry, my brain drifted. Um, and then you know I was thinking about Grimes, and and I not a lot of that changed there, but yeah, he's better in ring than than Braun Breaker is, so Absolutely. just wanted to clear that up. Grimes is like a top five guy in the company and ring it. <laughs> I'm talking to, I'm, I'm on a different fucking planet, guys, so don't mind me. <laughs> All right, so this was not in the pre- pre-production notes, guys, but it just came out. So Backlash and King and Queen of the Ring events will take place in May, um, early, on, early in May. So Saturday, May 6th, the WWE will be using the name Backlash, for the post-WrestleMania premium live event. For the last two years, the WWE has called it Backlash of WrestleMania. But this year is just straight Backlash. So some definite Triple H influence there, I would assume. And then in addition to that, Saturday, May 27th, which is the Memorial Day weekend in the United States, the WWE will host King and Queen of the Ring, a PLE. This is an important date because it will take place the night before AEW's second biggest pay-per-view of the year, Double or Nothing. Last year, the WWE used King slash Queen of the Ring as a crown jewel pay-per-view. Xavier Woods won the King of the Ring and Zelina uh, Vega won Queen of the Ring, yada, yada, yada. Uh, So pretty interesting there. May and All Out Weekend. What do you guys think of that? did Did they say where they were? They didn't – no logistic, just dates. What? First of all, Saturdays 
Uh, I think the Saturdays are are, are huge. I, 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 I dig them. Um, but uh, I think that's pretty big news, and I think that's cool. I, I, the name Backlash, Backlash on WrestleMania, it's stupid, but I'm glad it's back-to-back Backlash, but it it doesn't matter. You know? So here's my thought. I I was thinking that they kept WrestleMania in the name because they were going to go to Saudi with it, and then the Saudis will think that it's actually WrestleMania. <laughs> you know what I mean? But maybe by them taking Saudi, uh, WrestleMania out of the name, it's not Saudi. I mean, and that's just that was just me guessing, but... So do you think I, they just beheaded the WrestleMania right out of the name? Yeah, maybe they just they beheaded it, and they're going to be like, let's we're going to run this in Hartford, Connecticut, instead of Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> that popped Rocco. But anyways, um, so I would assume that being... Labor or Memorial Day in the U.S. in last year, Labor Day, they went to the, across the sea. Would they go king and queen, king and queen of the ring in Saudi? I don't, I don't think so. You would assume one of them would be Saudi. Backlash would be more likely, I would think, right? Perhaps. Because what's in June? I mean, then you got you got Money in the Bank early July, right? That would be. They shouldn't even have one in June. Early, well, th- this is the King and Queen of the Ring is kind of the June paper. Yeah, so they shouldn't have one in June. So, I mean, I don't think it would be King of the Ring. I don't think they're going to do that in Saudi. Although you don't have to send as many people over if you do that, but it wouldn't be as big of a show either. Um, But, yeah, I still bank on Backlash being in Saudi. I think either one of them will be. I'll And I'll bank on uh, King and Queen of the Ring. Robert, okay. will, you, will you go to either of them in Saudi Arabia? Uh, that's a hard path. I do. I will say I do love these Saturday fucking pay per views, man. Like, um, you got the momentum from SmackDown, and then Saturday you just wake up, you do your shit, and if you they're uh, the fucking best. Yeah, like it's uh, you know, it's uh, you go out, you meet some some folks, you have some folks over, man, and you're just done on Sunday. You chill the fuck out, like fried your brain on Saturday. I, yeah. you know, I mean, I do have stuff on Saturday. Sometimes I like infringe, but so far it hasn't. So I've been I've been grooving on the Saturdays. Yeah, I agree. It just um, keeps the it just keeps the excitement up, right? Like you just you wake up the next day after a little SmackDown and boom, there you go, watch the show. Yeah, absolutely, buddy, absolutely. All right, so that's kind of the news of the week. All right, guys, let's do a quick little thing of the week, a little exercise here. Let's work together if we can, Rocco. Let's try to mm. put our differences aside and work together. Rossi, you get in the mix too. Let's build. The 2023 Hall of Fame class. Uh, we can do a little bit. We can mix a little realism with a little fantasy. And then just we have a little structure here. So we got six inductees. We have a headliner. We have a tag team. We have a woman. We have an international star. We have a celebrity. And then we have like a mid-carter, upper mid-carter, your hacksaw Jim Duggan of the, of the group. You know what I mean? So Rocco. Let's start with you. Who should our headliner be? And let's see if Rossi and I kind of agree with it as we work this out. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a very predictable one, but uh, we're going to go with Dave Bautista, the greatest uh, wrestling actor of all time. And uh, just a, a smart choice for uh, he's he's at he he's getting like great accolades for the most recent movie he did. And he's hot as hell as an actor and he deserves it. And uh, he was supposed to do it anyway. So I think he's, uh, he's the perfect choice. I agree. The Hollywood twang to add it all in there. I would maybe say The Rock, but Homeboy's way too busy. You know what I mean? So uh, 
with Hollywood, which might, we might as well go with the second biggest star from the WWE in Hollywood right now, and that's Batista. Rossi, you agree with just go Batista as a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I I think it's perfect. I think he, it's been he was announced for 2000, so um, it's probably just a matter of if he's available. Um, and if he's available, then I think he's a no-brain headliner this year. If you're gonna do The Rock, I feel like Florida would be better anyway, right? Give him the hometown. Yes, yeah, something like that. I only said it because of Hollywood, you know what I mean? But uh, all right, let me jump on here, guys. I'm gonna take the celebrity, and I'm just gonna pre- present to you guys Cindy Lauper. It's well over. It's long overdue. I have no idea if she's from Hollywood or or Flor- or uh, California or whatnot, but let's just get her in. What do you guys think? Do you guys have any any other celebrity that you want to throw out there? You also could have Becky Lynch induct her as she is cross cosplaying her now in Young Rock. That was my choice as well. Like you said, long overdue. It's insane that she's not in there. Um, it's insane that how they've treated her since the few times she did come back. I don't know. There was that weird segment when she came back with a smashing of a poster i remember that was a fucking abomination uh i don't know vince must not like her or something so yeah i i think she's well deserved i mean it fucking mania might not have happened without her so that everyone everyone else in that you know in that that mix is in the hall of fame right you know everyone in the match kept say it again is liberace in yet i everyone that's involved in the big uh you know rock and wrestling match um billy martin is he in yet not in mania, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. We're fight. We're not gonna fight. And she's she's from New York, for the record. Is Muhammad Ali in? I'm being serious. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. He could be the corpse if we want. But anyways, Rocco, you, I mean Rossi, you agree with uh, Cindy Lauper? I'm gonna I'm gonna be contrarian here because I'm gonna think about L.A. and I'm gonna think that they can probably get a bigger celebrity to do L.A. Um, and then maybe hold off Cindy Lauper for next year on the East Coast. Um, now that just leaves me to wonder who that would be. Um, I don't really know who I'm thinking when I say that. Um, Snooki? Maybe Snooky. No. Maybe, but, uh, but she's not big either. Um, also from East what was there like a Kardashian or anything that was on fucking Maria Menounos? Yeah, there we go. Um, or like, I don't know, John Stewart, Shaq. Shaq. Um, I would listen to Shaq, right? Shaq, you're it's, in it's LA. It's funny because you are literally naming people from New York and New Jersey every time. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. I think we got to go Cindy and move on. All right, I'm going to go with Shaq. There you All go. Right. Sha- uh, Low-key Shaq's not a bad one. Kelly All right, Rock. Ross, which one do you want to take? Tag, women, international, mid-card? What do you got? Give me international um, and give me the great Muda um, who, you know, he had a WCW run, so you can make it happen. Um, just did his last match in Japan. Um, he recently worked a match with Shinsuke that, that WWE let him do. Um, so got to think that there might have been a, hey, yeah, you can have Shinsuke and we're going to induct him in the Hall of Fame this year. Um, I could have seen that being a negotiation. And honestly, if you're ever going to put him in, this is the year to do it because he's, you know, had a little bit of a resurgence in the retirement. So um, let's go Muda for an international spot. I agree. Makes the most sense, but I'll be a contrary and say the great Nita, Mr. Liar, Atsushio Nita, is going to come and get inducted. And that's a joke, but he should be in there at some point, too. But, yeah, it, it, Muda, I mean, he's never been more in the news than he has been in the past, like, month, two months. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, this is your Liger spot. Let's just get it done and get him in there. 
yeah. All right, Rocco, you got mid-carder, tag team, or a woman? I'm going tag ski, and I'm going my favorite wrestler when I was a kid in the WCW, which is beautiful Bobby Eaton and the Midnight Express. Long overdue. I do not want Cornette to induct them, though, because he's a fucking asshole. But I don't know who else. He would be really good at it, though. Midnight Express deserved to be in there. I don't disagree. Um, I'm not mad at that pick anyways. Not but sure. Can I throw a volley of uh, Triple H want to put a stamp on this? Put uh, Kind of put some goodwill out there. And let's get Demolition in there. You know, let's just kind of put our past behind us. And Triple H is the guy that always mends fences. And if there's actual real fences to mend, let's get those guys in there before anything bad happens. So let's get Bill Eady and Barry Darso in there. And uh, crush, crush me. Love that too. But uh, I'd Love say we'll just too. go with the main two, smacks, Axe and Smash. Rossi, you got a tag team? You, you want to break the tie? Or do you have a tag team you want to throw in the mix? I'm going to say Midnight Express. I'm, I'm going right. to go with Rocco here. I think, it's, I think it's the move. Perfect. I like it. Midnight. All right. Uh, Mid-Carter or woman? I'll leave the woman for Raw. For Rossi, mid Carter. Hmm, this is a hard one. Um, I don't want to go mid. Uh, we could, Cindy Lopper's old. Muda is old. The Midnights are old. So I say that let's kind of dip into like the Attitude Era, right? Let's. What kind of Attitude Era guy is like a mid Carter guy or an upper mid card guy that's not in that should be in? Um, you know, Farouk's in. JBL is now in. Uh, come on, guys, help me out here. Who who can we kind of push into this Hall of Fame and get them in? As I think on the fly here, because I'm not really prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> who do we got? Is IRS in? Bray Scotty White? too hotty. Ugh, no. <laughs> what about uh, what about so woman? What about McCool? Go well, you jumped you jumped the line on Brian. You jumped the line, bro. Stay in line here. I would oh, say so. I'd love to put Goldust in. Honestly, Goldust is the pick. It's perfect timing with Cody. Um, since it's a fantasy card, I say we just do Goldust, even though he's not out in he's not out of his contract until like May because of injury time. So uh, let's just buck the system and say TK does us a solid. And we, uh, we, we just send a bunch of snow his way and they send them gold. And he sends us gold dust for the, for this part of the show. You guys want to keep attitude. Or what about a Norman smiley and uh, celebrate a guy who's in, uh, in uh, developmental who's been doing real good or Albert. What about Albert? Add one. What about, well, so you can't put them on TV as part of the stories and stuff on like Raw, but how about you know they try say they try to get Gold Dust from AEW to do this and TK said no, then put in fucking William Regal and say fuck just, you back. You stole the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. It's William William Regal is the pick. As soon as you started talking about it, it came in my head. Gold Dust is perfect, but William Regal is the pick. I'm good with that, Rocco. If you're gonna do mending fences like Demolition, I think King Kong Bundy is long overdue. Uh, he's another guy that has pissed them off. I don't think he was a CTE Sue guy, but I think they just fucking hate him. But he's way too important not to be in uh, the Hall of Fame. He's he could be our dead quarter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you could say uh, you know East wait for the East Coast, but that's Bam Bam Bigelow's spot next year, or else I'm fucking yeah. retiring from watching wrestling. <laughs> All oh yeah, Philly, one thousand percent. Yeah, Bundy would be a great one. Oof, Bundy or Regal. Bundy would have been a great 
speech if he was alive. <laughs> All right, let's just go Bundy. Fuck it. Love it. What about what what about uh, Lanny Poffo? Do you think they go to that? Oh, nah, he's he got his moment. In this he's not a big enough star. I think that. Maybe what about that. what about Miss Elizabeth? Ooh. If you want to go with your woman, Miss Elizabeth, she she had that big moment in L.A. at WrestleMania Seven. You want to go with her over McCool? Oh fuck yeah! Just yeah. We, then we then we gotta go Regal instead of. Uh, King Kong Bundy because you can't go two deads. That would be really nice for them to put her in there. So you want to go Liz and Regal? I mean, does what does she have for family though? Lex Luger. Oh, That's <laughs> oh, I didn't want to even think of that. I kept that out of my brain. Um, like that's the thing. Like, well, Lenny Popo can show up. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, like what do you do there? That's the only thing. Yeah. I don't and know. then further, further there. I mean, Sable, if they can ever figure that out. And Brock, Brock just like he's Brock like Brock is like a human and inducts his wife. No, Brock's like she couldn't show up because she's worn out from eight hours of lovemaking. Last <laughs> I did, I did too much fucking, and then I thought of Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from the top, I'm gonna we gotta got headliner Dave Batista. Do they do inductees anymore? But let's just say they do inductees. But Dave Batista with Triple H inducting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Midnight's with Cornette. Yeah, but yeah. Elizabeth or Sable? Uh, well, do you want to go Bundy or do you want to go Regal? Uh, Elizabeth could have Hogan inductor. Oh, that's not a bad one. Yeah, she could. He could. That's, that's a good, good call, Rocco. Let's yeah. go Hogan inducts Miss Elizabeth. Uh, international, we got Great Muda. And let's put Shinsuke as the inductor. Yep. And then uh, hopefully Muda doesn't say anything about Shinsuke on the live mic. <laughs> We got <laughs> pop. All right, we got the celebrity as Cindy Lauper. Um, who can induct her? Um, would uh, oh Becky Lynch? I said that earlier. Becky oh Lynch. Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. I was gonna say Rhonda because she loves Piper. But yeah, uh, no Ra- Yeah, Becky makes sense because she played, Be- played her. Be- and then Becky played her. And then the mid Carter. We're gonna go William Regal and well Triple H is inducting Batista. So uh, William Regal. Stone Cold. They were boys. Gargano or like one of the NXT guys. Oh, maybe that's not a cute. That's not a bad idea. Maybe whoever is favorite, you know, who, Tomas- his will be his would be short anyways. Yeah, his would be short. So, um, yeah, that's a little exercise. We worked well together, guys. We put we made that work. Good stuff. All right, Rocco, let's make something else work. And that's you rambling. What do you want to ramble about? It was just a real quick thought when I was watching Sammy come back and bring back his old music. I got real amped up for that. And then Sasha had her debut in New Japan uh, with her new music, which was pretty cool. And then as I remembered watching the Rumble and watching uh, Elimination Chamber and some uh, Raws, and I'm like, we got some really bad themes happening right now. It's a very generic time for themes, and uh, I don't <laughs> I don't like it. So I, I just wish there was better themes. You know, we had like... You had your 80s, like, height, and then, like, your 90s, like, perfectly tailored to each guy theme. And then you had your new metal revolution in the, the 2000s. So, uh, I don't know. I just kind of don't like the state of the themes that are out there now. And it's like, uh, they should, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way. I didn't really, like, think this out very well. But, like, the idea of licensing songs and stuff like that, or... You got someone like Oscar, uh, whose theme really works with her, and Bianca's is good. But like, man, some of these are really boring. Some of them are just riffs. Yeah. 
over and over. It's the same thing. You had that CFOs period where they were very catchy, but it was the same thing. So I don't know. Some of mine are always based on real songs from like the 80s, like Midnight Express. The Giorgio Moroder song is a classic for me. And Rick Rude's Smooth Operator when he was in uh, World Class is great. And I don't know if they're going to license songs or not, but like, what are some of your all-time favorite themes? Do you agree with me that the themes are kind of stagnant right now and aren't really that cool? And uh, I don't know. Like, is there a theme a guy should have that didn't, that doesn't like, I don't know. Give, give me some thoughts about it because uh, it just kind of popped into my head because we don't have an Iron Man Road Warriors right now, I don't think, you know? So to tie a bow on that CFO thing, right? So CFO in the WWE, they don't have beef, but CFO's old record label in the WWE have beef because the old record label was charging an astronomical amount of money. So that's why the Gallus remix is is a thing. That why Gargano is a thing of a remix. But when you have a special moment like Sammy, they can kind of go into the piggy and go get that theme for whatever price. So that's why a lot of these shitty remixes are happening because of that record label kind of holding a bounty of a like severance package of whatever to well, make music publishing rights are insane so yeah, yeah people insane. are very petty and very litigious so it's just kind of like how often do we go to the well with this and how hard are they going to fuck us on us and is it really worth our, our you know the reward of getting it so it's kind of weighing that option um, and I'm sure they have contracts on some, I don't really, you might probably know this better than me. They, I'm sure they have contracts on some of the, the leases. That's why like Oscars never changes. Bel Air's never cha- like some of them never, because they have them already. But, um, like Gargano's and Gallus's, for examples, were let go for whatever reason, cause they were left the company or cause of whatever, I don't, I don't really know. And they had to do remixes because the juice probably wasn't worth the squeeze of the price that they were charging them. So that part fucking sucks because Gallus had an all-time theme and now it's just like a shitty version of that all-time theme. So, uh, and then if you want, you should probably check out the No So YouTube channel where I was a part of No Holds Barred and I gave my pick for Federation drafts. And Aaron gave his picks and we, Jenny and, and JT and so on and so forth. And we did the Federation era and then they, they went on and did the new gen era. So that's kind of check that out. If you're into wrestling music and you haven't checked that out, cheap plug ski there. I mean, do you agree? Do you think that there's a, they're a little soulless right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, like I said, that Gallus theme is terrible compared to what it was. Uh, but then again, Roman's theme is an absolute banger all time theme to me. So it's very, it's, it's the batting average is very low on successful music, but that Roman theme is fantastic, especially live. What I, what I really like too, and this will kind of piggyback off what I know you're about to say with Charlotte. Um, they've done a really good job at changing people's themes when they become heel or they become babyface over the last couple of years. Like like that Sami Zayn theme as a heel never really would have made sense, right? Shinsuke's song as a heel would have never really made sense. Um, Roman to the flip, that was just kind of like a character change more than anything. Um, but I'm trying to think of other people. Like Charlotte, she came back as a baby. She got a new theme. Um, so... Like what? And then like even Becky, like when like she went, you know, became the man, she like got the new theme or the same theme. But I feel like if she ever turned heel, like I almost felt like she should have had a different theme when she was a heel. And maybe that helped disconnect the characters. Um, but yeah, what were you going to say about Charlotte? Because I feel like that was the vibe you were going. 
Yeah, um, I think that I'm curious if her new theme had to do with uh, like a rights or if it was like a character thing, because sometimes when they take alter the character like they did with Sammy, then they uh, they kind of change up the theme to go with it. And they've done that historically anyway. Kabali is a good example too, where yes. it just kind of became. Well, it was with Sammy too, and with Shinsuke, it was so you couldn't sing along, right? That's kind of the gist of it. So they made the Shinsuke song with the guy rapping over it, made it so you couldn't Which was hear. Kind of also awesome. The vi- yeah, but like you couldn't sing along to the violin part, so it kind of took away that cheering along because that guy's rapping over it. So it's kind of the same way with Sammy, where you didn't have that ability to do it because p- fans still want to do the sing the song, right? You know, yeah. so Music doing is- that. Cuts so it away. important. Music is so important to character development. It really I, is, and like even like like I'm just thinking. We mentioned Bam Bam Bigelow, and like Bam Bam's music was perfect for him. You know, it was this big, booming sound, and like it just I want that back. And it's uh I don't know how to work it out. I mean, you'd figure they know enough people who are fans of wrestling that would be like, I'll sell you the music rights. And then and that's the thing with AEW where they do buy actual songs, and it seems it's got to get a money mark over there though wwe can afford anything so there's no excuse yeah i mean they should be able to like i don't know license the song for a while but yeah i just uh i was watching it and I, there's some there's some tough ones out there right now that i would really love to be a little better and i don't like to cody's song but at least it fits him and it's a real song well he owns the rights to it and he just leased it over right so yeah i mean you could buy publishing rights which is the actual song but then you could buy the actual track itself it's like i said it's fucking confusing <laughs> oh man like it's really tough so yeah, all right. Well, I'm glad that uh, I wasn't the only one who was feeling a little apathy towards uh, the yeah. modern music. Absolutely. Well, just kind of get on it. Just start banging out themes, and then maybe it, you're the guy, Rocco. Shit, I didn't even think about that. Well, coming soon. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rossi, where are we at with the Indie Corner? What we got going on? Uh, Sunday night, we got a big Worcester show. I think I'm going to attend. You going to attend with me? What's up? Nah, nah. I'm, <laughs> uh... I okay. actually might be I actually might be working now on Sunday, so that kind of would have sapped it anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a pretty good show. I mean there's uh, some names on here that we haven't seen around Worcester in a while. Well, namely the headliner. Um, but you know on the card we've got um, a four way, which is Ichabon, uh, Desmond Cole, Bobby Orlando, and Aaron Rourke. That'll be a cool match. Um, and then above the rest, tag team will be wrestling the main event which main events would work in a pretty good heel system and beyond lately. Slade is back against Andy Brown. That should be a banger. Um, Ali Ketch is wrestling Love Doug, finally. Um, that got canceled on last month because I think Ali had travel issues, but that will be a fun match. Uh, RSP is back to defend beyond against um, Ray Jazz who's been kind of the cocky heel and giving Drew Cordero shit um, on Wrestling Open every week. So RSP said that because of this, he's bringing back pretty much 440 RSP from the GCW run, and Ray Jazz is fucked. So that'll be cool. Uh, Max Caster has got CPA. Then you've got Violence is Forever defending their IWTV tag titles against the Miracle Generation. And what will, I'm sure, be the main event, Zack Sabre Jr. is in Worcester to face Fancy Ryan Clancy, which is a name that really not a lot of people may know if you don't watch Beyond, but he really has made a name for himself since the wrestling open era began January of 2021. I'm sorry, 2022. So, you know, he deserves a shot, and I'm glad that they uh, Sabre came in with a lot of restrictions. He couldn't work AW guys. He couldn't work New Japan guys. Um, he couldn't work, like, Lucha Libre guys, like, if you 
booked like commander or whatever. So um, it kind of left, you know, there's not a lot of other guys, but those that, you know, can have these magical matches with Sabre. So I like that they're using it to give a guy a shot to, uh, you know, have the biggest match of his career. Um, Sabre will definitely do that for him. And uh, let's let's cut to the chase. I mean, Zack Sabre doesn't have bad matches. doesn't matter who he's in there with. So check that out. That'll be a cool show. It's 7 p.m. Sunday in Worcester. And GCW coming off a weekend in L.A. where Speedball Mike Bailey unsuccessfully wrestled Nick Gage for the GCW world title. Um, and they set up their show next weekend, the 5th um, in New York, um, when it will be Nick Gage defending the GCW title against Masha Slamovich. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, that's kind of got built up for a little bit now. So um, and I'm sorry, that's Mar- that's that's um, St. Patrick's Day. Next weekend, the 5th there in Atlantic City. Sorry, I got the dates crossed up there. Um, some other stuff announced for Mania Weekend. Cheerleader Melissa is going into the Hall of Fame, being inducted by Dave Prezak. They will, he will join, or she will join the previously announced Christopher Daniels, being inducted by Frankie Kazarian. Some other matches have been announced um, for the DDT LA. Eddie Kingston is going to team up with Ju Nakayama against Daisuke Sasaki and Kanon. Probably butchered that name, but it's K-A-N-O-N. Um, Joey Janela's got Tatsuya Endo. And Shunma Katsumata and Mao will be wrestling Chris Brooks and Yoshihiko. So, yes, Yoshihiko is a blow-up doll, everyone, if you did not know that. Um, and matches announced for the culture. Leo Rush wrestling Trisha Dora. Two Cold Scorpio versus Brian Keith. Um, and the rest of Mania Weekend will come together for them pretty quick. Um, next weekend, they do have uh, Vikingo against Alex Zane um, in Atlantic City. Rena Yamashita against Casey Kirk for the GCW Ultraviolet title. Drew Parker is actually having his last death match next weekend against John Wayne Murdoch. And Blake, Blake Christian's got Akira. Effie is wrestling Slade. And uh, Los Macizos will defend their titles against the SAT, um, who have been, you know, Kind of had a resurgence in the last year. Big time New York, New Jersey tag team. So that's really all I got. Nice. Maybe I'll, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to the show. So uh, maybe I'll make some TikToks and put it on the on the YouTube. Check out that goddamn YouTube if you have not yet. Rocco, is the band playing anywhere? We got a show in March, but uh, we, got a, we just got booked for a bunch of shit in the uh, New England area, May 18th through 21st. We're going to be in East Haven, Connecticut, Vermont, Nashua, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. Uh, so uh, Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, I'm, I'm invading the Northeast. I'm not just talking to you guys anymore. I'm coming up there. I'm going to take over. Yeah, I'm going to come mosh pit. Is that- <laughs> that's a, not the <laughs> yes. That's the proper way to say it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a that's coming up. We get, we're playing a show before that St. Patrick's DCW show, which I was thinking of going to, but I ain't going to the fucking city on St. Patrick's Day. So. I would like to see Bandito, Gringo, Wilco, but that ain't happening. So they're they're in New Jersey on St. Patrick's Day, Rossi, you said? New York, yeah. New York, it's the Melrose Ballroom, right? Yeah, so and that is... Uh, when are they, uh, when are they in the Hammer... Oh, not the Hammerstein. When are they in uh, Atlantic... Eight, uh, next, next weekend, I ran down the card for Saturday. Sunday is going to get headlined by uh, Ali Ketch against um, Charles Mason in a cage, kind of the culmination of their story. Oh, and one thing I did mention, um, Fight Plus just went from $4.99 to $7.99. Oh. So they haven't really announced yet if the GCW Mania Weekend shows will be on there, 
It'd be kind of fucked up if they're not, based off how everything else is. But wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if they tried to squeeze an extra buck out of people um, to watch the Mania weekend shows. Fulkers, big Fulkers. Es ESPN plus us on that bullshit. So, all right, guys, that's it for this episode. Um, thanks to Schiff, thanks to Logan, and thanks to Gregoire Jr. That was a ball, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one, guys. <laughs> <laughs>